just have to say, I have finally fully boarded the COVID anxiety train. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have been an anxious person before, but the worry and even just the atmosphere everywhere of collective worry, grief, stress feels almost palpable everywhere you go. And I'm just finding when I get in bed, all those thoughts that I've been pushing down all day long just like to bubble right up to the surface. Mm, at night, how convenient. Yeah, <laughs> not that I haven't experienced a little bedtime worry before, but this is like another level. I found myself definitely struggling more since I've been staying alone too without Marley here. Being alone adds its own challenges. I feel for those who are alone and not working, hang in there people, because it is tough. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I haven't been sleeping great either, so um, like Leah alluded to there, I've, I'm not here at the apartment anymore with her. We got together today for the, our last recording session together, and then uh, we'll be recording by Zoom after this. <laughs> um, but I am slightly immune compromised, so we did figure it was safer for me to be out of the city and with less people. So I'm living at my boyfriend's house because Leah does work in long-term care and it's just a matter of time before she's exposed to this virus and, and um, Truth. yeah, it's, it's probably the safest, but the saddest <laughs> thing yeah, for us to do. Um, and living and sleeping at my boyfriend's house comes with its own set of challenges for sleeping. <laughs> um, not to mention, you know, the anxiety of, of all the changes, not so much of the, the pandemic so far, but just the changes that have happened. The anxiety of that has really kept me up at night a couple of times too. So I am working at developing a new bedtime routine at Mitch's house. And, and my normal, as you know, Leah, my normal bedtime routine would incorporate a glorious, luxurious bubble bath. Right, every of night course, of course but unless I start incorporating cleaning the bathtub every <laughs> night into my routine I don't think I'm gonna be having baths at his house it's yes. kind of gross <laughs> boys are gross but I am working at some new routines maybe some nighttime yoga and some some nice uh, herbal tea or something like that into my routine but uh, I'll keep you posted on that I'll give you guys an update and see and let you know how it's going <laughs> <laughs> so this week We've been thinking about all of you guys who are out there working from home, like Marley has been. It's so easy to fall into bad habits working from home that can be extremely detrimental to your sleep without you even realizing. So since, I, like Leah said, since I've been working from home, I've been started to notice some of the behaviors that I was doing and some of the tendencies I was leaning towards that were definitely damaging to my sleep quantity and quality. So I'm sure some of you out there are struggling with some of these proclivities we have while working from home as well. Or just, even if you're not working, just being home all the time, sometimes yeah. we tend to have these tendencies. So we've come up with some suggestions to help nip these in the bud mm -hmm. and um, so they don't affect your sleep long term. And because the whole point would be to correct some of these behaviors now that are creating a bit of short-term insomnia so we don't end up with chronic insomnia, which is a chronic sleep disorder. Right. Right, yeah. And, and like Marley said, even if you aren't working right now, um, or if you're working outside the home still, these suggestions will certainly benefit everyone. It's, it's not specific to those working at home. Um, and we really do believe insomnia will be one of the largest issues to come out of this pandemic. And actually the most effective treatment for insomnia is behavior changes, the kind that we're gonna tell you about today. Yeah. Not pills. Yeah, not a sleeping pill. <laughs> that is not the most effective treatment. So incorporating these tips could actually save you from a long-term struggle with insomnia. So, one of the most obvious tendencies that we have um, while we're home is the increase in our screen time. Yes. Everyone's guilty. <laughs> yes. 
between working from home, checking news apps, watching the news, reaching for your phone just as an anxious kind of habit to scroll through social media, not to mention our entire social lives are through screens right now, which is great. It, it is important to connect to other people for your mental health, but that is a lot of blue light exposure. Yeah. And that blue light exposure can have damaging effects to our melatonin production, which is going to screw up when we when our brains want us to sleep and when our bodies want us to sleep so your brain might not be ready to go to bed when when you should be um, or when your regular schedule was when weren't working from home and blue light exposure close to bedtime can also delay that first stage of deep sleep that we talk about that in a lot of episodes but that deep sleep stage slow wave sleep or beauty sleep restorative sleep we get the bulk of it right at the beginning of the night so if that gets delayed because we had our cell phone up to our nose 20 minutes mm-hmm. before we went to bed that means the proportions and of the stages of our you know beautiful elixir of life will be screwed up we're not getting the right proportions of the stages that we need and this is why everyone keeps saying are you sick when they see you, <laughs> because you're not getting that beauty sleep. You need it. That's right. Very important. And not only are we taking in extra blue light, especially in the evening, but now we're on our phones all the time looking at all these news updates, the latest COVID numbers, the cases. You know, sometimes we're in bed refreshing our apps multiple times on very stimulating topics. So not only are we taking in the blue light, but we're taking in all this anxiety-provoking, very stimulating information that is going to do the absolute opposite of get you ready for bed. Absolutely. Blue light blocking glasses and those apps that that change the color of your screen are great tools to help mitigate the harmful effects of blue light. And there is a certain amount of blue light exposure that is necessary if you're working from home and you have to work in front of your computer, but those glasses are excellent. But, you know, setting some boundaries for yourself and how much unnecessary screen time that we're having is really going to make a difference. And a small recommendation, it's an easy change, is just to take a walk outside while we still are allowed to go outside, take a 10 minute walk outside, Mm -hmm. at least 10 minutes, and take it without your cell phone. Um, It really is multi-beneficial. You get 10 minutes of exercise at least, you get exposure to the bright light, um, and a break from your phone. Yeah, yeah, try to do it like at the height of, you know, the bright, I know we kind of get a lot of gray days here, but on a sunny day, or like the brightest time during the day is a great time to get out and get that natural light exposure. Absolutely. And we're definitely all much more sedentary right now. You know, some days my exercise is literally me moving from my bed to the couch, to the fridge, and then repeat. Five sets, <laughs> three reps. Yeah, that's, <laughs> my, that's my workout routine. So uh, one 10-minute walk is probably doable and has actually been proven to help with your sleep with even just 10 minutes of any aerobic exercise. So this is going to be beneficial for you in a lot of ways. Exercise does help you sleep. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I don't know about you guys and your friends, but I know about me and my friends. (laughs) And we are definitely drinking more. Yes. (laughs) These Zoom parties we're having, Leah, are lit. Yeah, it's true. We're legit hungover from one. (laughs) Yeah. But seriously, though, I'm not going to tell you guys to cut out alcohol. It's bad for you or anything like that. It's kind of, it's, you know, part of our our, our culture. So um, what we're really suggesting is to implement a happy hour. And Mm -hmm. our happy hour 
four to six. Yeah. <laughs> so that's um, at Mitch's house. We started having happy hour every day from four to six, and it's a perfect time for a cocktail to relax or to you know have that big glass of red that gives you the warm and fuzzies after being stressed out all day. Um, but it's also long enough away from your bedtime that it's not going to impact your quality of sleep as that alcohol is metabolized. So limit, you know, try to make some limits on how much you are consuming, but when you're consuming it can make a difference right. for your sleep as well. And on the same sort of topic, we can talk about coffee and tea or whatever you drink to stay awake. Energy drinks I know are pretty popular. Um, I've noticed that without much of a routine or anything like that, it's a lot easier for the hours to get away from you during the day now. And just be mindful of when you're drinking your tea and coffee and energy drinks. Um, remember that the caffeine that you take in has a six hour half-life. So just to get half of that ca caffeine out of your large coffee takes six hours. So try and keep the drinks for morning and early afternoon. And if you're craving something like, you know, a hot drink or something like that in the evening, just for comfort, try something caffeine free or herbal for comfort. And, and, you know, it's a great thing to include in your bedtime routine. Absolutely. I do, I just I do that every night. Yeah, Leah has a, an herbal tea, uh, caffeine-free herbal tea every night as part of her bedtime routine. And I just want to note that she said caffeine-free and not decaf. Yes. It's a tricky thing, but some people think decaf means no caffeine, but decaf just has a lesser amount of caffeine. Make sure if you're going to incorporate a tea into your bedtime routine, it's caffeine-free. Yes, you don't so want any note. caffeine in the evenings. That's right. But like a mint tea or a calming tea, I like to use. There's even one called Sleepy Time. They're all delicious, and it's a nice sort of comfort to have before bed. And if you do use it regularly, your brain will associate it with going to sleep. So yeah, exactly. It's beneficial. Keeping in tune with uh, the things that we're consuming while working from home. Food. Oh my God. I'm eating so much. And I think everybody is. I think we're, we're all in this together. I've seen more people bake banana bread in the last month than ever in my life. Sourdough bread. It's, a, it's epidemic. There's no flour on the shelves. That's right. You can't buy yeast in Nova Scotia. Anyways, I'm eating more, but um, when you eat can affect your, your sleep-wake cycles. Our bodies are on clocks. And if we're giving our bodies cues that we're supposed to be digesting food all the time, then our body isn't resting all the time. So try not to eat late at night. Your body is busy digesting rather than resting. And it's recommended just to keep as regular as a meal schedule as possible while you're working from home. Our bodies love a good routine. So if you're keeping the same schedule that you were on when you were working your body will thank you for that. Um, and it is important what you're eating. Definitely that's important. But when you're eating is also important. So try to keep that in mind too. Yeah. And also where you're eating. So don't eat in bed. Right. <laughs> or for that matter, watch Netflix in bed. And definitely don't work in bed. Right. Bed is reserved for the two S's. If anyone can guess what those two S's are. Sleep and sex. <laughs> or if you're isolated alone, such as myself, just the one S is happening in bed. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> but Leah's right. Uh, we don't want our brains to associate our beds with working or stress um, or eating. And if you're eating in bed, you're just asking for the quarantine 15. This is true. <laughs> yeah. But in all seriousness, this tip may be the most imp impactful behavior to prevent short-term insomnia from becoming chronic insomnia. If you cannot fall asleep within 20 minutes of getting into bed, or even less if you're feeling anxious, you need to get out of bed. I know it seems 
like, oh, if, if I'm getting out of bed, what are the chances I'll be able to fall asleep? But it's helping break the association of your brain on your bed with anxiety. So get out of bed if you're not asleep and you're feeling anxious. Go to a dimly lit room or even a dark room and don't go back into your bed until you feel drowsy and you think you'll be able to fall asleep fairly quickly. Right. And that's, that's tricky. So when you get out of bed, a lot of people, their tendency would be to grab their phone or to turn on Netflix. But those, as we know, have blue light and can be damaging to your sleep. And so, stimulating. And stimulating, absolutely. So you want to do some boring activities. And I really do recommend making a list of these calming activities sometime in the daytime. <laughs> so yeah. at night when you're anxious, can't sleep, your brain is really occupied with that, you have a list to look at of things that you could do. Yeah, just keep it right next to your bed so that you can refer to it. I mean, I'm somebody who knows all of this. I've been listening to Marley and preaching it myself for a long time now, and I still, I, you know, just recently had a night like that where I was laying in bed and I was tossing and turning and very anxious, and I was literally having the thought to myself, my brain is associating my bed with anxiety. I've got to get out of here. But in the moment, I just didn't, I didn't connect the two. So having that list there is really important and moving forward I definitely will. Yeah, like I recommend some guided meditations, maybe an audio book to listen to in the middle of the night if you can't get back to sleep. Something you've already heard before. Read a paper, like a real physical magazine, not one that's on a screen. Um, maybe one that you've already browsed through before. I used to recommend getting up into the get into the bathtub if you wanted to. Now I can't do that. <laughs> she lives with gross boys. Sorry, Mitch. He knows. <laughs> Um, I use um, I use the technique of uh, box breathing. So I suffer from anxiety, and I find it useful for calming my busy brain. And I do it during the day. And the more I practice in the daytime, I feel like the more automatic it comes to me at night when I feel like that um, pandemic insomnia creeping in, and that I can't turn my brain off. So box breathing is pretty simple. Um, you can find lots of examples online. For example, I use four, four, and four. So to do box breathing, you just breathe in, inhale on a count of four, one, two, three, four, hold your breath for a count of four, one, two, three, four, and then exhale at a count of four, one, two, three, four. And just do that over a couple of cycles, and usually by like the fifth cycle, I'm already asleep. Yeah, so I mean, there's certain things that we think are, you know, beneficial and there's different websites. There's a tons of tons of these things out there that you can find, but it's hard sometimes to sift through and pick which ones, you know, might be beneficial for you. And Marley did mention guided meditations. Those are really helpful, I find, especially in bed. Um, and you just need to get your mind off things. You can find them on YouTube, Instagram, anything like that. But some really good ones. There's a few really good apps that we would recommend. And one is the Headspace app. Mm, so good. There's some really good guided meditations on there. As well as the CBTI app, which is the Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia app. It has, a real, it has really great breathing exercises as well as the guided meditations. Yeah, and um, I think that app was developed by uh, Veterans Affairs in the States, actually, to help um, vets with insomnia, and it's an excellent app, and it's free. Yeah. Another technique that's proven that I do sometimes use as well is called progressive muscle relaxation. You can find tons of examples of this online as well, apps that can, will walk you through it, um, but it's essentially pretty easy. You just focus on a certain muscle group, so say you'll start with like your foot and your leg, and you'll just 
tighten those muscles, tense them up. I do a count of five, tighten, tighten, tighten for a count of five. And then I relax that muscle group for a count of five and just pay attention to the way that your leg feels as it relaxes and then do it with another leg and just do that progressive relaxation to different muscle groups all over your body. Again, usually by the time I've reached my arms, I'm already asleep. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just a way to distract your brain. So when you're focusing on those things, your brain kind of forgets about all those anxious thoughts and you don't even realize it's happening. It's very effective. Another one that we definitely recommend, although it's not my strong suit, it certainly works wonders for a lot of people, is journaling. Um, the best way for myself to use journaling and the most effective for me is to write out my worries before bed. So um, it's a great idea to have a notepad by your bed. Like I said, to have those things written if you can't sleep at night, that you know those things you can do. You can also keep that notepad there so that if you can't sleep and you're just finding you're ruminating on the same thoughts and the same worries, you can write those worries down. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like just a brain dump of these things that are on your mind that you're stressing about or something you don't want to forget, that kind of thing. You can write it all out on the paper there and it's kind of... The theory behind it is just you're taking it out of your head, putting it on the paper so that you can let go, to go bed of without that. It. <laughs> yeah, you go to bed without it. You can let go of that thought for now. It is effective. I find like when I have a, a to-do list running through my head and I can't fall asleep, as soon as I get up, write it down, boom, I go back to sleep. And yeah. No problem. I, I do think that works pretty good. For sure. Now my favorite proven technique cuddling. <laughs> cuddling your partner causes a release of that comforting hormone we've probably all heard about, oxytocin. Mm -hmm. So oxytocin helps your body relax, it relieves stress, and that helps you fall asleep faster. And as an alternative, if you're quarantined alone, uh, a weighted blanket has similar beneficial effects like that. And recently, actually, I read that even just petting your cat or your dog or like brushing a horse, grooming a pet, has the same... Bring your, bring your horse inside. Bring your horse to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Pet your guinea pig in bed. Yeah. <laughs> it will release oxytocin as well. So, Or if you're like me and your cuddle partner is isolated away from you, you can simply cry yourself to sleep. <laughs> or better yet, drape a weighted blanket on yourself and then cry yourself to sleep. Or in a pinch, you can steal your neighbor's cat. You know, all, all of these tips are relevant. They're very relevant and very useful to you. But last, of course, you can listen to your favorite podcast, the Sleep Culture Podcast, with a timer, of course, set for when you fall asleep. <laughs> That's right. You don't want to keep playing or play into the next episode. Yes. So uh, listen to Sleep Culture Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment on our page wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sleep Culture Podcast. We hope right. you sleep well. Thanks for listening, everyone. Sleep well.